0: Good morning, everybody. Hope everybody is well. Happy Monday for those that are joining us live. For those that are joining us any day of the week, thanks so much for being here another week. This is a special time. This is a special time on so many levels. So many levels. First of all, I hope everybody's healthy. This is a one year anniversary, at least from our neighborhood, when everything shut down. It's amazing what one year, what one year can bring. If you think about last year at this time when the world was beginning its lockdown, no one would have ever anticipated it. The great lesson that we have always is that if things can happen unexpectedly for the negative, they can happen just as unexpectedly for the positive. Think about what's possible in one year. I hope that this year is Just as last year was an unexpected, so to speak, in a difficult way, I hope that this year, in the one-year anniversary since the whole COVID thing started, I hope that this year is unexpected in the positive, in ways that we can't can't even dream of. We're in an exciting period of time in the Jewish calendar. We're entering to the month of Nisan. Today was the first day, really post the beginning of the month. It's a time of redemption, a time of spring clocks are changing, things are moving, stuff is happening. If you're in the Northeast, yesterday was 65, this morning was 25. It's awesome. God's keeping us on our toes. It's a great time to be alive. Last week, we, we jumped around a little bit about, we've been really trying to delve into this concept of understanding the emotions, the thoughts be, underneath our words. And I hope and I got some emails from it, so thank you so much for those that did, that reached out. It means the world to me, it really does. About stories of people that um, said something or was about to say something and then stopped for a second and realized that it came from their own either self-consciousness of them not being enough. And what we've been trying to do is really deepen the way we see things. Those aren't just words. There's thoughts a layer underneath that. Oh, wait, those aren't just thoughts, right? There's some insecurities beneath that. Oh, wait, there isn't just an insecurity. There is a focus underneath that on self. And when we start to realize that it is the I that is leading to the not enough, and we go from fixing the focus on I to focusing on you, then we'll fix the not enough, which will fix then the negative thoughts, which will, fin- which will fix them the speech. So much of our life is layers upon layers, upon layers, upon layers. And we live in the surface, we don't really make changes. We're just putting band-aids all over ourselves. But when we have the strength and the courage and the curiosity to delve, we make a couple of tweaks, and then it impacts everything above it. What we're gonna do now, is we're gonna like pivot a little bit, but the same way of thinking we're gonna pivot. We'll get back to this stuff. It all is concentric circles. We're heading into the world of Passover. Now, remember, I don't care what religion you're watching; it's all gonna, I hope, apply to you, whether you're gonna have a seder or not. The world of Passover is the world of the story. That's the goal. Teaching. It's not just children. Remember, the rules of Passover is that you don't have to teach children. You could be sitting alone at a Passover Seder. You got to speak out the story to yourself. Others, in many ways, is just straw men for ourselves. A lot of times in life when God tells us to do something for somebody else, what he's really doing is saying, fix yourself. I'm putting someone in front of you because otherwise it'd be weird to talk to yourself, but it's all about yourself. Like meaning you fix yourself, grow. We're entering into this world of story. It's an amazing thing coming up. That we have this command to tell a story, to tell the exact same story that everybody knows. For Ever wonder, we make this whole big deal People from all, all over come by. We have a Seder. We tell the stories of the time we were slaves in Egypt. By the way, we have an obligation to remember the story twice a day, every day. And almost most kids know the story. Most people know the story. If you don't know the story from Hebrew school, if you don't know the story from Yeshiva, Hollywood has figured out a way to get your story. Charleston Heston, right? Cecil DeMille did a story about it. Disney did a story about it. Like, people know what happened. You know what I'm saying? Jews, non-Jews. People People know. We were slaves in Egypt right pyramids we came out split sea like there's no no one's be like what happened did we get out like oh my god Whew, thank god we got out because I was worried no one's doing that anymore we all we all saw the movie so what in the world are we doing why are we so crazy about stories so let's delve let's start unpack this with God's help and talk about what a story is i want to bre- i want to break down a story because stories are at the core of our society the story i was at a company once and we were talking about culture and they couldn't find their culture and i said tell me your favorite story about the company it was like what i'm like your favorite company story Forget your cult. Forget the word culture. It's complicated. People, th- people think that culture is like kumbaya. People think that like good culture is like a Cinco de Mayo party. They had a nice holiday party. No, that's not culture. Culture is the mental signals in which you, you, an environment has to tell people how to operate in that environment. Give me your best story. And they told me a story about a painting that fell apart. Someone spent all night putting it together. They hung it in the conference room. The story that they remember is a story of someone who went above and beyond the call of duty. That's the story of the company because it's not just the story of a guy who put together a painting. It means something. So when you look at stories, you realize that stories are the most important parts of our society. They share. In fact, they encode greatest values you know who's big into stories god when you open up the torah you open up the bible you don't get to laws for a very long time the first the first Torah portion that even has a semblance of real laws is like 16 17 portions from the beginning you know what you do for a very long time you just listen to stories noah abraham isaac jacob Joseph, Moses, Aaron, it's stories. Why? God can't be like, listen, page one, here's what I want you to do. Rule 1.1, don't do that. No, I know you're going to think that. But don't do that. Do this. It's because there's something very powerful about stories. and When you understand them, you'll know how to use them. And I'm going to tell you something and I hope that we can do this together. I hope you stick with me. I really do. Because the stories that you're telling yourself is actually causing the behavior that you're doing and the stories that you're telling the people around you is changing them. And when you know how to, just like we spoke about speech, when you know how to toggle the bottom of I'm not, of, I'm not enough You can somehow change the speech. If you know how to toggle what's underneath the story, you know how to tell stories that empower and don't disempower. The whole story of Passover is not about the story of Passover. You understand? We know what happened in Passover. It's about the story. God wants us to become storytellers. Very much connected to what we just did, which hopefully we'll get into. So let's break it down a little bit God's help. Let's talk story has two basic components. has like a million components. One of the grandfathers of the story, I read this book years ago, I was blown away. It was like a, it was like an encyclopedia. It was a book from an author named Robert McKee about story. It was unbelievable. You could study story your whole life. But I want to break it down like really basically to two basic elements. Of course, there's like a hundred subparts to this, but it'll, let's just break it down to two basic elements facts and narrative. Facts are what happened, narrative is what it means. When you tell a story, there's facts. You're sharing over facts. Someone got up, they did this, they did that, they hit this challenge, they hit that challenge. But the facts really are, they're just the surface. What's really going on when you tell a story is the narrative. And the narrative is the emotion. It's the It's the lesson of the story. So let me give you an example. When I grew up, there were a few movies that changed me. As a little kid, I remember. If I can look back at my youth and look at like the one or two movies that had an impact on me. One of them was the movie called Rocky 4. Have you ever seen Rocky 4? Rocky 4 shifted me. For those who haven't, Rocky IV is a movie about a boxer named Rocky Balboa who watched his friend Apollo Creed get killed by Drago, Ivan Drago. I've seen this movie, I don't think I've seen this movie in 20 years and I can tell it he you like, forget about it. <laughs> if he dies, he dies. Drago comes in, kills Apollo Creed, Rocky IV, wants to take on Drago. It's an impossible task. He trains, hearts on fire, flies to Russia. Drago's got all like the latest equipment. Everyone remember this? Anybody here? Rocky's running up snow-topped mountains, doing push-ups in a cabin. Gets into the ring, goes the distance, and beats Drago. I'm sorry if I'm spoiling this. Beats Drago in like, I don't know, like the 100th round and wins. What are the facts of this story? Some boxer fights another boxer in Russia and ends with, if I can change and you can change and all of us can change, and they all love him at the end. What's the narrative of the story? The narrative of the story is you can do anything. You can overcome any challenge. There's no challenge greater than the human will. Yes, you can. The story isn't moving because of some boxer. The story is moving because of the narrative. The narrative that underlines Rocky IV is the narrative of just when the world seems like it's coming against you, just fight. Just believe in yourself. Just work hard and you can overcome challenge. The other movie that changed me tremendously was a movie called Karate Kid. And ever see Karate Kid? The story of Karate Kid is a kid that comes from New Jersey to California, remember? new jersey they all played soccer california they all did karate in this dojo the cobra con right Is a cobra con and all these guys are like a bunch of punks and they start beating up this guy named daniel and daniel finds a guy mr miyagi who is the the local handyman who says he's going to teach him karate. So he brings him to his house. He's waiting to learn karate. And meanwhile, he is waxing the guy's car. He's painting the guy's fence. Remember? Daniel's on. Wax on. Wax off. And over the course of the, 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 the movie, it's Mr. Miyagi teaching, teaches him all the intricacies of, of karate. Finally, there's the final tournament and the bad guys in that dojo, I forgot the name of the dojo, but I'm sure it's coming on. I forgot the name of the dojo. The bad guys are playing in this massive tournament and you see like little little Danielson coming of Mr. Miyagi and they go the whole tournament. And they get to the end of the tournament, and he's in the the Cobra Kai. Thank you, Ken. He's sitting at the end in the semifinals, and they take him out. Do you remember? And he can't move. Mr. Miyagi comes in, and he goes, somehow does something to Daniel's leg. Daniel comes back, plays the final dude, the tough guy, the big guy, blonde, like very much like the bad guy in Rocky Four, does some crazy move that he practices on some log in a, on a beach, and he wins. You know that. Da-na-na. What's the facts of that show of that, that, that story? Kid in California and then a karate tournament. There's a boxer in Philadelphia that goes to Russia and boxes. There's a kid in New Jersey that goes to California and plays karate. Those are two entirely different fact patterns. What's the narrative? The exact same thing. Overcome by challenge. You work hard, you face your fears. You stare the bully in the eye and you fight. And as a kid growing up, whatever I was dealing with, basketball teams, whatever, I bet you 80% of the movies that have made it, at least in this genre, it's just different facts to the exact same narrative. This is called by Joseph Campbell, The Hero's Journey. And in fact, The Hero's Journey underlines most of the stories we tell from the beginning of time. The hero sets out, something happens to him, has to become bigger, fights things that are larger than him, looks like he's going to go down, finds some strength, and overcomes in the end. You know why this is so inspiring to us? Because this is our life. The facts of someone else's story is just the narrative of our lives. That's what we want to talk about. I want you to, I want to start talking about this. Think about this today. Think about what inspires you. Don't get lost in the facts. Ask yourself, what's the narrative of this story? What's the narrative of the things that have inspired me in this world? What's the lesson that's underlying the fact pattern that moves me? And let's go even one step further and we won't stop. When I talk to people, when I tell stories, when I look at people, What's the narrative underneath what I am saying? I'm telling a story. I'm giving advice, but what's the narrative? What am I really delivering? You'll see the parallel between speech to thought, that's facts to narrative. All right, we'll continue this. All right, everybody. Thank you so much for allowing me to walk that memory lane, by the way. I just appreciate you speaking about rocking and karate to get to somebody, so I appreciate you listening. All right. Have an amazing day. With God's help, I cannot wait to see you again tomorrow. Have a great day.